following episode of Dave's Video Graveyard contains spoilers and naughty words. Listener discretion is advised. Have you ever bought or rented a videotape that wasn't quite right? It may have been Dave's Video Graveyard. Of all the film podcasts in the world... This is definitely one of them. Covering the best of the worst and the worst of the best of all things film. This is Dave's Video Graveyard with Polly, Casey and Dave. This is Dave's Video Graveyard. A pleasure to be with you. Polly, how you doing, man? I am doing most excellently. Most excellently? We are off to a great start. Uh, what's been going on, man? What have you been doing? What have you been watching? I've been watching the Wonder Years. <laughs> <laughs> and is it weird that every time there's a silence in your house now, you just like just do hearing turn, turn. Sammy? <laughs> <laughs> every day you turn. Yeah, no, it's been really uh, good watching that. And yeah, I don't know. I've been watching a lot of old movies. Uh, I did see, I'm hoping to see Knives Out this weekend. So yeah. Nice. I, uh... In anticipation for a future episode of the podcast, I watched The Pest just to get ready to watch The Pest for when we do The Pest. I, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We are doing a celebration as it is the end of the decade. We are looking back from 2009 to 2019, our favourite films of the year, plus some other things that happened along the way. And joining us on the journey this week, everyone's third favourite co-host of DVG, it is Casey coming. Casey, how are you doing? I'm really quite traumatised, to be honest with you. I Now, I do. I have heard you suffered a Cats-related trauma this week. It's been hard, yeah. The last 48 hours have just been a lot of me, you know, in the fetal position, crying under the shower and trying to forget. <laughs> How many times would you rather watch Jack and Jill oh, than watch Cats again? A hundred. hundred times. You could name nearly anything and I'd agree to it rather with, than watch Cats again. Without any hyperbole. Okay, that is not Bad a word. Blah, blah, <laughs> ah, see, it's not just me. <laughs> Even playing film. Without any Without exaggerations. Any is it genuinely the worst film in the history of mankind? I reckon it is. Wow. Yeah. And I've seen, like, I consider myself a connoisseur of these things, and I can tell you now that's... Even no. I felt watching the trailer was blown away that something could somehow look worse than the CGI in Little Man. Yeah. The uh, Oscar-winning yep. Wayne's Brother film. Yeah. No, I um, actually looked into what was so wrong about that and it explained kind of what was weird about the Sonic the Hedgehog where there's this psychological thing called the Uncanny Valley. Where something looks too yeah, good. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's the, the, the spot where something looks sort of like a not human and sort of like a human and it just becomes a perception that just Yeah, they say weird. it's like a depth perception where your brain... Yeah. makes up the lacking. And, and it's so- just a surreal... Yeah. So Cats is like that, mixed with like furry kind of... I just... No, just don't... I don't want anyone to go through that. Also joining us this <laughs> evening, moving right along from Cats, the man in the chair is literally in the chair this evening. We are joined by our good fact-checking friend, Jamie. How you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? Well, I'm a little bit upset because you are sitting in the studio. Yes. Technically, our listenership has gone down to zero percent. 
Can you just stream it? Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll do that. yeah, I'm recording as we speak. Instead of putting headphones in yeah. through the studio, can you just stream it on your phone through uh, earpods? Yeah. I can do that. Do what Fancy. we do and go onto our um, podcast apps and then just just keep hitting Marcus play. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have Spotify now, so that's an extra listen we get every week. It's that's fantastic. Cool. Thank you so much for joining us. We are on a magical journey of the last ten years of film, and I've got to say, it was a lot harder than I expected to make a list because. Mm. The early noughties, what do we call it? Teenies? The early 2010s. The um, the, the year, there's a year coming like in the middle there that I do still, I still do not have a favourite film because I don't, rec- I can't pick one. Yeah. It was a horrible year. It's, it's the one that we will never do a year in review. <laughs> <laughs> that will be a fantastic future episode, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just like cricket. It's a pleasure to be with you as we count back the last 10 years of film starting with the glorious year of 2009. 2009 was a pretty crazy year. Obviously, the world lost Michael Jackson. The miracle on the Hudson happened, which obviously became the movie Sully with Tom Hanks. Yes. Swine flu was swiping through the world. And uh, did you ever see that movie with Matt Damon about the... No, Contagion. Contagious. Is it Contagious? (laughs) Yeah. That movie's terrible. Uh, actually, no. I think Gwyneth Paltrow dies in it, so yes. that's always a great she, sign of she a She cheats film. on Matt Damon and then, then dies. That's yes. right, yes. Hey, hey! <laughs> tried to make a comeback in 2009, and all thanks to the uh, Independence Day ruining Harry Connick Jr., it didn't get very far. Why? Because, what happened? Well, they had a Red Faces act that did, speaking of Michael Jackson, did Michael Jackson blackface, and uh, Harry Connick Jr., wasn't going to let it go. Harry, uh, a little better than the last act, perhaps. Man, you know, if you take the Jackson 5 and subtract this 5... <laughs> Whoa! Well, is there any redeeming... Uh, would you give them just for turning up, perhaps a 2 or 3 or 4? Man, if they turned up looking like that in the United States... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah you're right. You're right, actually. So we'll just keep it at a 0. Like, hey, hey, there's no more show. I recommend anyone out there checking it out on YouTube because it's still one of my favourite Aussie TV moments <laughs> is Daryl Summers trying to do damage control live up while it's happening. When you were judging, very kindly judging Red Faces, I, I noticed that when we had the Jackson drive on, I, and it didn't occur to me till afterwards that I think we may have offended you with that mm. act, and I, I deeply apologise on behalf of all this, of us because I know that uh, you know, your countrymen, it, it, that's an insult to... to you know, have a, a blackface routine right, like that on the right. show. Uh, so I do apologize to you. I, Thanks, you Daryl. And I just wanted to say on behalf of, you know, of my country, um, I know it was done in, in, in uh, humorously, just, yeah. but, you know, we've spent so much time trying to not make black people look like buffoons mm. that when we see something like that, we take it really yeah, to heart. Yeah. And I know it was in good fun. Yeah. And the last thing I want to do is take the show, like, to a real you know, kind of a down level because I love, you know how much I love this show in this country, but I feel like I'm at home here and if I knew that was going to be a part of the show, I probably, I definitely wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Short of like taking his jacket off and holding it in front of yeah. what's going on, it's so beautiful because uh, it really shows that the what was offensive about it had not dawned on anyone yeah. until Harry Connick Jr. said it and the whole audience almost like uh, and like pulled their collar of their shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Because they, they basically used to say cast and crew from like a mid '90s show. It's like, oh, that's still all right now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, we got we got rid of uh, Trevor Marmalade and all the uh, the color commentary uh, oh, yeah. comedians because yes. you know we're new age. That year, Slumdog Millionaire won the Oscar. Now was that a Danny Boyle film? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Boyle. Sweet. 
Cool. In TV, the world were watching Toddlers and Tiaras. Jimmy Fallon took over the night show. Uh, Glee started. The Cleveland show started. They said, you're basically looking at the camera all the time anyway. Listen, you laugh unnecessarily in every skit. Can you just do that behind a desk now? The world said goodbye to Stargate Atlantis. Does that mean anything to you, nerds? No. Well, I I think I saw the first couple episodes, but that's about as far as I, I got. I saw that there was no Kurt Russell. I was like, no, thank you very much. Late Night with Conan O'Brien, the world's greatest talk show in the history of mankind ever, 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 ever finished that year. What happened after that? (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that in the following year. Uh, Prison Break finished, which I watched like one season. And then, did you ever have that thing where you watch a show, like a full season, you miss a bit of the second, you chime back in and like, all of a sudden they're on a spaceship or something. It's like, what happened? I was working in a shop and they said, um, someone came up and said, do you have the complete series of Prison Break? I'm like, they made more than one season. (laughs) Yeah. The world said goodbye to Kath and Kim. Um, I'd done it many years earlier when it was on Big Girl's Blouse. That's when I is said that, Is that the Australian or the American version? Are you trying to OG Kath and Kim? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. And the world suffered a massive loss when it comes to television because we said goodbye to According to Jim. But oh. don't worry, guys, because it made it to syndication, so it could be back... Any day now, if... Is that also, is it just morph into Last Man Standing? <laughs> as long as Jim Belushi doesn't do another open letter where he explained why it's okay sometimes to hit your wife. He did. Yeah, oh. I remember. Sadly, we said goodbye to Reno 911, but luckily it did come back with a movie and yep. it also reunited. Also, I was really surprised to hear this mo- This show ran until then. King of the Hill finished in 2009. I know, it's How weird. How did it yeah. run so long? That. Oh, that, that sucks. Because King of the Hill and Bob's Burgers are two cartoons <laughs> that I'm like, animators wasted so much time doing this. They're I've releasing come- a Bob's Burgers movie next year. I've come around on Bob's Burgers. <laughs> No. I like Bob's Burgers. Yeah. Well, I'm clearly not eating at Bob's then. No, you're not. Now, Casey, I think you can take the reins of this one because you have picked perhaps the most quality film in your list. Why don't you tell us what you've picked? My list is great, thank you. No, no, no I'm genuinely saying that. Like, um, <laughs> Did you guys notice like this list, because obviously the last 10 years of film have been all over the place, it's not reflective of what you consider yourself as a film fan? Because yeah, I was looking no. at it going... Yeah. I'm not a superhero film fan, but there's way too many superhero films. There were a lot. There were. Casey, what did you pick? Uh, For 2009, I chose The Dark Knight, and I also chose a comedy that I really love called I Love You Man, which is one of those Judd Apatow um, films, and it's got Paul Rudd and Jason Segel. Yep. You play an instrument? Yeah. I can't believe I've never told you. I play bass. Really? Oh, yeah. I slapped the bass big time. What do you, what is that? You sound like a leprechaun. No, that's that? a reggae guy. Oh. I just did reggae. It doesn't sound... It doesn't sound reggae? No. Slept to bass. No. Uh, how is it? It's like big time, big time, big time. Big time. Slept to bass, big time. Mm. Slap it to bass. That sounded like Borat. Yeah. Slept to bass, 
big time. That's better. I always think of that movie when I'm in public and it looks like someone's farting. Yeah. <laughs> in the open inspection yeah. where he's doing a play-by-play. Play. I'm thinking it might be a little bit small. Totally, and it smells like fart. Yeah, no, those two fantastic films and obviously one of the strongest Batman films in the history of the world. I what do you guys so. think of those films? Yeah, good. Um, I went for... Uh, I think I've got the same one as you. I went for District 9 that nice. year. Or does Days, as I say. Yep. As far as like... I think I liked it just because it was something different. Like for the first time in the sci-fi genre for a while, it was uh, a good... Um, and Charlotte Copley. Charlotte. Charlotte. Whole He... Like and it, like that was his first ever role. The only thing he'd ever done before that was like the the student version the of the film. The pilot version yeah. of this. Yep. Your father is, is, is working against me, baby. He's lying to you. I did not have sex with one of these fucking creatures, man. I would never have any kind of pornographic activity with a fucking creature. And he got like uh, Peter Jackson to give him a whole bunch of money and lot of stuff. And it's just it's just an awesome movie. Because um, the original story was the film was incomplete. And Peter Jackson saw it at the stage it was at, yeah, and was so blown away by Charlotte's performance that yeah. he basically said, "Here's your money, finish your film." And you can actually pretty much pinpoint the moment because it's when the mech comes into the yeah, film, yeah. <laughs> where they suddenly have bling and stuff instead of just the low budget film that it started out as. Um, yeah, that was my choice as well. An absolute fantastic film, and perhaps other than another film on tonight's list, perhaps my favorite science fiction film ever. And I also did a um, an honourable mention. I've been I, I, did, I did quite a few honourable horror movie re- um, references for, for each of these years. So Friday the Thirteenth did a remake that year, and when I first watched it, I didn't like it. And I've watched it in recent years, and it's actually a way better Friday the Thirteenth film than it has been given to us in decades. Is it's that actually, the one where they're looking for a weed crop? Is part yeah, of the yeah, story? yeah. Um, but like they've they've kind of they they kind of changed the um, origin story a bit. He basically lives in Crystal Lake and he's got this underground um, tunnel and like it's still got like all the tropes of, of a slasher movie. But it's on rewatching. It's a it's especially out of the whole Michael Bay Platinum Dunes crop of um, horror films. It is the strongest one, and I we're still waiting for like a, a, a sequel. So yeah, sweet. And Jamie, your 2009. I chose Zombieland. This is now the United States of Zombieland. It's amazing how quickly things can go from bad to total shitstorm. And why am I alive when everyone around me has turned to meat? It's because of my list of rules. Rule number one for surviving Zombieland, cardio. When the virus struck, for obvious reasons, the first ones to go were the fatties. I I don't like zombie films, I don't like horror films, but this one, I just watched and I just enjoyed it. Just sat, sat back and had a good laugh. Yeah, Woody Harrelson made a comeback. I think with this film and he is absolutely brilliant just playing himself I reckon and I highly recommend the second one oh, I yes, only so just saw last yeah, you've seen yeah, that I've seen the second one I did uh, like the second one one thing that stood out to me a lot about the second one is Emma Stone is clearly there by contract because oh, yeah. uh, oh, yes. she is so far above that film now that she's really slumming it and yeah. you can just tell that she's like She's delivering the lines and she's doing the look, but she's just got dead eyes. She's yes. just like, yeah. I did La La Land. I'm no, way more important. That's Emma Stone. <laughs> <laughs> and also, it's amazing how... Um, and she's Asian in Aloha. Was that, was that the one? No, Aloha. Aloha. Yeah, in Aloha. Yeah, yeah. Like she, yeah, like yeah. she copped a whole bunch of crap because she was playing an Asian... Really? Just then, and then was like... A pale red-headed... Oh, you're Emma Stone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It probably got Oscar nominated just because she was in it. 
Yes. It was Cameron Crowe. Yeah, it? Cameron Crowe. Yeah. Say no more. Boo, Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> uh, he was good in this film. No, he's Jesse Eisenberg, so he can, <laughs> therefore he cannot be. Actually, one thing I did like that sequel is how they got the um, the guy from uh, Silicon Valley to play his like double. Oh, thing. nice. Okay, nice. I can see that. We are in the year 2010. It's when the Angry Birds app was sweeping the world. The iPad was first released. Lady Gaga wore a dress made out of meat. I love, oh, I I love oh, yeah. old news stories, but that's the kind of thing. Uh, we also said hello to Conan O'Brien on The Late Show. And then said goodbye. <laughs> and then he said goodbye to the tune of $32 million buyout, yep. at which point everyone involved at NBC was let go of NBC as well. Mm. Um, and funnily enough, because they were the ones that screwed over Conan, he didn't take him to be part of Team Coco which was the trending topic of the year because everyone sided with Conan O'Brien, rightfully so. Yeah. Because what happened, basically, uh, Jay Leno got moved... (laughs) Jay Leno got moved to the earlier time slot? No, the later time slot. I thought he retired. No, no, he got moved to a later time slot. Conan got moved earlier. Both shows were bombing because no one... (laughs) Everyone was over Jay Leno pointing out spelling mistakes in newspapers. (laughs) That was his whole deal for like a good six years. They were so over that that um, and Conan's ratings were also down because yep. it wasn't the late night crowd anymore. So Jay decided to go back to prime time at the cost of Conan's show. And uh, yeah, $32 million later. And if you want to see something awkward, uh, Jimmy Fallon making no, the joke. Jim Kivel interviewed Jay oh, Leno. Right. And. It is a, a very awkward interview, but very, very funny. That same year, so 2010, yeah. Jimmy Fallon hosted the Daytime Emmys. Yeah. And he did one of my favourite jokes ever. He got the guitar out and he was like tuning it up and he goes... NBC asking the host of Late Night to come to Los Angeles to host a different show. What could possibly go wrong? Too soon? Angry Conan cannot hide Angry Conan, oh, no. and it is amazing. On television, American Pickers started. The show that makes me cry, <laughs> the show that makes me constantly cry, Undercover Boss started. Adventure Time, Pretty Little Liars, which I've never seen, but every podcast I've ever listened to talk about how amazing that show is. The Vanilla Ice Project started, yeah. which is a pinnacle of television. <laughs> the Walking Dead started, so the first two seasons done by Frank Darabont were amazing television. Yep. And they've never been back there. And also the show where I watched a man make out with a car and a lady make out with an, a Ferris wheel. My, my Strange Addiction started oh. also that year. Oh. And we said goodbye to Lost, American Chopper, Nip Tuck, one of my favourites, Scrubs, Ugly Betty and Penn and Teller's Bullshit. Ugly that was Betty. a fantastic year Scrubs of was television. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, if you follow my timeline, Scrubs finished before the medical school season. Exactly. Yes. Awesome. Now, taking a look, what did you guys pick for 2010? I was just looking out because I, um, I thought Embarrassing Bodies was around that time. That was 2007 because, oh, oh, my Lord, one of the best times I've ever had a family meal at a pub. <laughs> and they had, like, someone doing a genital exam, like, on this huge, big widescreen TV. And I'm just like, this is... <laughs> it used to be on television. I believe it was Wednesday nights when I'd get home from band practice. And you'd yeah. turn on and it'd just be like... 
Here's someone's like infected pe- anus. <laughs> yeah. Here's someone's butthole lesions. It's like, yeah. oh, thank you. I was uh, ready for tea and now I still am. My pick for 2010 was the film Kick-Ass because it was edgy and cool and it was everything anyone that ever ridden a blade scooter would want a film to be. How come nobody's ever tried to be a superhero? Well, I don't know. Probably because it's impossible. Putting on a mask and helping people? How's that impossible? Dude, if anybody did it in real life, they get their ass kicked. Oh, no, I'm just standing around, you know. Polly, what did you pick for 2010? I picked getting to my list in time. Two, Toy Story 3. Right, yeah. because um, to this day, st- like I watched it fleetingly the other night, the other, uh, walking through a room, and I still nearly cried. <laughs> <laughs> the moment where they're on the conveyor belt going into the oh incinerator, oh, yes. and oh, they yes. accept yeah. their no, fate, yeah. I remember quite like being at the movie with my family and trying not to cry. And at that moment where you see them look at each other and hold each other's hands because oh. they accept they're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. When Bullseye stopped struggling. Oh, my Lord. I accidentally <laughs> exactly. did the biggest show noise, which is the... <laughs> yeah. And my wife I looked at me... I recently did that. Oh, a Skywalker. <laughs> my wife looked at me and it was tears are flowing. That movie made me cry. My honourable horror mention is The Crazies too, which we actually have done on the, the show. Yeah. What a fantastic movie that is. Anything I, look, with Tim Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant, fantastic. Yeah, he's awesome. Casey, what did you pick for 2010? I picked two films that I think are pretty good quality, which usually I like really stupid movies. Um, Shutter Island, which I thought was really cool, and Black Swan, um, Uh, Darren Aronofsky. The... uh is it? Does it? Is it? <laughs> There's this one scene. No. <laughs> Darren Aronofsky, however you say his name, he is known for making feel-good films that just yep. leave you it's feeling so uplifting. Yep. It's not emotionally draining at all to watch no. any of his films. And I reckon, I reckon they should. He should team up with Pixar because it's just well a hit waiting to happen. I'm looking forward because he's doing Dune oh, at the moment. Man. Yeah. yeah. I am. Um, feel like to make some sort of, you know, turn that to a horror, they just need to show Barbara Hershey more on screen than they did. <laughs> Terrifying. It's a really cool film. And I'm, um, they were going to make The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke was originally the f- script to Black Swan. Yeah, right. But they ended up sort of making... But Mickey little... couldn't pull off the ballet. Moves. I yeah, no. see Mickey Rourke in this. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't... A, it was about his wrestler, you know, on and off screen type of, you know, thing. So... It's interesting to think it. about when you're watching it, but yeah. it's a good movie. And Jamie, what did you pick for 2000? I also picked Toy Story 3, because yep. for the same reason Paul did, because I thought it was a great ending to the trilogy, and it was. I still haven't seen the fourth one, so that is, that's still my third, that's still my final. I, I, I do have a, a t-shirt I, I bought a while ago with Forky doing the screen pose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it looks brilliant. I got a... Um, yeah, I'll still go on to watching that fourth one. Yeah. So. But my, my, my second film was uh, She's Out of Your League. Oh, the beautiful film with uh, Jay... Yeah. Uh, I cannot pronounce his last name. Sha- the shaving scene in that movie is... Oh, that, <laughs> it, it I is. fell in love with January Jones watching that film. Mm. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good comedy. and I, yeah. I, lo- I love uh, Mrs. Foreman and in any film she does. As much as we, we basically got given too much rope with the TJ Millicamp, yeah. He was fantastic being the front man of a Hall of Notes cover band. Oh, yes, yes. I yes. particularly love where they're playing at the end in the main yeah. scene. He's like, Awesome stuff. They're going to uh, play some more Hall of Notes for us and uh, maybe some other old favorites from some other artists. No. Nope. Just just more Hall of Notes. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Jay Bur- um, Burishaw? 
apart from uh, how last, dragon last thing I, well he does the dragon films but last thing i saw him in was the second goon movie which he actually directed. Oh, so, right, yeah, Because yeah. he, was, he was a good character in the first one, and I think he took on the reins to get the second one made. And I recommend that film as well. Well, Sean Williams got in that too? Yeah, he, he was. He wasn't busy? Uh, he, he wasn't... <laughs> it must have been just before he got tagged in to take over the reins of the Lethal Weapon TV show. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he didn't look like... And I can say this because I don't. He didn't look like he was eating well at that time. Ah. Yeah. We are looking back at the last 10 years of film... Talking about some of our favourites and honourable mentions. And we are up to 2011, the year that Charlie Sheen went off the rails, literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I, I am on a drug. It's called Charlie Sheen. Um, it, uh, it's not available because if you try it once, you will die. Your face will melt off and your children will weep over your exploded body. Um, You're dealing with a Vatican assassin. Sorry. <laughs> what does that mean, you're wondering? Whatever, it's just a joke. People take everything so literally. How about I tell them I'm a... I'm a I'm a, I'm a high priest, uh, Vatican assassin, warlock. I'm Hitler. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. And what does that mean? I don't know. Where, all those, where do these words come know. from, all Charlie? Those words just sound cool <laughs> together. It comes from my my grand wizard master. I don't know, man. I just stuff just comes out, and it's entertaining, and it's fun, and it sounds different than all the other garbage people are spewing. You know? You have millions of fans. I have billions okay. of fans. Billions. No of interest in that. I don't care if he's my dad. Back off with your judgment. Some are Dr. saying that you're bipolar. Wow. What does that mean? I guess that, you know, you're on two ends of the spectrum. Wow. And then what? What's the cure? Medicine? Make me like them? Not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, he was Wait. winning and he was full of tiger blood. It was a good year for Charlie. What was dubbed the worst Oscars ever featuring James Franco and Anne Hathaway? Paulie, you're a bit of a, um authority when it comes to the Oscars. <laughs> what was the issue this year? The I did best read award that. shows are the nightmare ones, <laughs> and that was so good. I heard that basically James Franco was so stoned that he just couldn't switch on, and Anne Hathaway tried to overcompensate for it, and it made her so unbearing. But you know what else makes her so unbearing? Existing. Oh... <laughs> They just forgot that, like, she gets um, personality sort of rented to her through each film she is. When someone's not writing it for her? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, that was, um, I, that's one thing that's, like, throughout all these years, the Oscar shows, like, this is, like, the, the worst run of award shows. Apart from, like, Ricky Gervais, um, basically oh, when... being um, uh, rude to Bruce Willis. What and... was it where Seth MacFarlane saying, I've seen your boobs? That and was it when didn't hosted, land. Yeah, that was when it hosted, um, he hosted the Oscars. That's one of my favourite oh, moments man. of hosting. 2011, we also said goodbye to the books of a Harry Potter series, not counting the extended whatever, <laughs> the, the paychecks, yes. the two paychecks that followed. On television, the worst cartoon on earth, Bob's Burgers, started. <laughs> the worst TV show on earth started, Downton Abbey, what? which I recently saw the poster for on the, the movie on the yeah. side of a bus. Yeah. yeah. I was like... Wow, they who was that the, for? They catered the pizza to the people who were watching Downton Abbey. <laughs> yes. It's like, you'll watch a bus. They printed on the side of the buses and on some Lion's Mints. That was yes. the other place uh, they... And shortbread. When it comes to television also, <laughs> one of my personal favourites, Workaholic started. Portlandia also started. The American version of Wilfred, which is just as good as the Aussie version. It is. And Paul's favourite show, mm. Last Man Standing, started in 2011. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh-huh. Jim Belushi was like, "Take Tim Allen, take the <laughs> take the baton." Oh, we uh, it's like 
you know those uh, spy movies where something scans people's retinas yeah, from the yeah. getting? <laughs> it scans the amount of sweat on their face, and they're like, Jim Belushi's like, there's only one other person that can get in. I watched, I'd have to admit that I've watched one episode of that show because I was a big fan of um, the Discovery Channel's Dirty Jobs. And the dude who hosted that plays He's a Tim legend. His, he, he plays Tim Allen's brother in, in an episode of Last Man Standing. I'm like, I'll watch it for that. <laughs> we said goodbye to the television shows Friday Night Lights, which I've never seen, but I'm a massive fan of... What's that good-looking uh, John Carter guy? Taylor Kitsch. Oh, yes, yes. I believe that was his show. Entourage <laughs> finished, which... Uh, oh, hug it out. Uh, how are you going to go? Law and Order, Criminal Intent. Paulie, have you come to grips with that, or that wasn't one of yours? I, um, they rounded it out really well, so... Nice. And Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds. No, I didn't. That finished that year? No, it didn't. No, it's still going. It's still going. Okay, maybe it was one of the spin Oh, it might, be, it might have been the... Um, International? Behavioural... Behavioral, yeah. yeah. Was oh, um, it was. It was suspect behavior. Yes, suspect behavior. The Janine Groffler was in that one. Oh, Is awesome. Forrest Whitaker too. Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. yeah, and it was animated by the people that did Daria. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it was great. And the guy that did uh, Forrest's left eye just took the week off. <laughs> oh. So, 2011, I picked the feel-good Rock'em Sock'em Robot film, Real Steel, with Hugh Jackman. Oh, because why? Because it feels good to watch that movie. No, it doesn't. It is the modern day, well, not quality-wise, but it's for the audience that would have enjoyed Sandlot Kids. It was like a kid's movie, and I enjoyed it. Is this part of your Hugh Jackman crush? Yes. Yep, Base? 100%. Okay. Same reason I stand up for uh, the, <laughs> the Greatest Showman. But moving right along, what did you pick, Paul? No, 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 no. <laughs> I already said moving right along. Uh, I picked The Descendants because oh, it's amazing... And George, Cl- oh, George Clooney's amazing, that film. That The soundtrack's amazing, the setting's amazing. Dad, this is uh, Sid. Oh, Sid. Sup, bro? Don't ever do that to me again. Get ready, we're going to go see your grandparents. And Scotty, Auntie Esther's going to come watch you. Dad, Sid's coming with us, okay? Yeah, listen, Sid, uh, what's going on this week is really a family matter. You understand? Sid's not going to be interested in meeting your grandparents. He's going to be bored stiff. Dad, I told you that he was going to be with me. I'll be a lot more civil with him around. What can I say? Matthew Lillard plays... um, Matthew Lillard believably plays some guy that George Clooney's wife had an affair with. What? (laughs) He's like... I'm having sex with George Clooney, but you know what? I watched Scream the other night, and I want the goofy guy off of that. Yeah. And I want Shaggy. I want Shaggy. Exactly. He's, Shaggy. Feels, he, he's, feel guilt, he's so guilty. I just want him to say to um, George Clooney, I'm dying here. <laughs> I'm dying here, man. Did you um, really tell my dad? <laughs> oh, my parents can be so mad at me. Um, I also picked, uh, for my honorable mentions, Red State and uh, The Thing, uh, the prequel. I did see an interview with John Goodman saying him saying that that's one of the most fun roles he's had in a yeah. very long time. And you can tell he's having a lot of fun with that. Um, like the he basically gets the last scene. He gets like a really big long long monologue, and um, he just kills it. Everyone kills in that film. And then how I much suppose, does Uncle Kev pay you to bring out one of his films every week? Yeah, look, you know, got deep. Smod's got deep pockets. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Casey, what did you pick for 2011? Something depressing, no doubt. I did. <laughs> I picked probably like one of the most depressing films I've ever seen, um, but it was good. It was called We Need to Talk About Kevin. 
And it's got Tilda Swinton and John C. Riley being like, sort of still being John C. Riley, but kind of It's being wacky. Like, it's crazy. No, it's not. It's, <laughs> about, it's about the effects of a family of a, a school shooting. Yeah. kid, yeah. And he just grows up being super weird. Um, but because he's really wow. sociopathic, he um, can hide that from his dad and sort of acts real charming. But then to his mum, for some reason, he's just got this real hatred with her. Yeah. Um, and she feels like because she didn't want him or she hated him as a child that he picks up on that. So they sort of both seem to be guilty of this. I don't know what, but then you realise that he's just pathologically this horrible person and it's sort of like the aftermath of raising this child and having to, you know, have everybody's opinions thrown onto her when she didn't really... It's like a warm bath that you just want to ease into. It's it's a a very multi-layered film, but it's... um, Mm, That's quite the oyster you got there. Yeah. But my other film that I picked is like total opposite end of the spectrum. Um, It's a chick flick, but I love it. It's called Bridesmaids. (gasps) Fantastic Um, movie. 170 mil. Such a good, um, strong female comedy cast. A lot of old SNL comedians, but... I, I love an, a movie like that that does so well that everyone involved kind of jumps up two or three pegs when it comes to fame. Yeah. yeah. Like, we got more Chris O'Dowd, we got more Kirsten Wig as a leading lady. Yeah. Yes. Melissa Unfortunately, McCarthy. That, I reckon that yeah. launched Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Like, Paul's mate, She was Paul crushing got it. She had a film just about every year. Yeah. 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 No. And obviously, we know her from 2010's MacGruber that we left off the yeah. list because we did it for the podcast. Go and check out MacGruber, the world's greatest film. It is a very good film. Um, but yeah, that whole cast of that is super strong, so I really like that film. Uh, I get grossed out thinking about the weird carrot in that. What? In Bridesmaids, there's the weird carrot that Chris O'Dowd is his favourite. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah, That yep. grosses yeah. me out. Why? And I don't know. It was also a big uh, turning Not point. Not the bit where they're all shitting in the no, sink. No, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> we've, all eat, we've all eaten grey lamb before. I found it really funny to hear that... Um, Rose, like it lit a fire under Rose Byrne as well because yeah. obviously mm-hmm. she'd made the big turn with getting to the Greek and everyone started yep. to notice her. Yeah. But after that, she became a leading lady and and then she did a, Peter you, Rabbit. You never hear that term. That she did a big leap doing get him to the Greek. <laughs> <laughs> the three people who saw that movie really liked her in it. I love that movie. No, that's a great film. It is, no. Jamie. What'd you pick? I choose Larry Crown. Uh, Tom Hanks directed and wrote Ooh. with um, with uh, very the, beige. It is very beige. <laughs> but I, I, I saw it recently again, and it's one of those films you can sit down and just watch. Cause oh my lord, it is like Tom Hanks got a Hallmark script and's like, yeah, I can do that exactly. <laughs> and and Wil- Wilma Vanderama is absolutely brilliant playing a jealous boyfriend in it. Brian Cranston plays Julie Roberts' husband in it. He's, he's obsessed with porn. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, and he sounds it, cool. Yeah. Is, is, is it hard watching a movie like that because you've got to set up a high count jigsaw puzzle in front of the screen for it to play? Like, do you have to knit your own quilt to, to watch that film? Oh, you do, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, but I just look at you. You have it. to get some sort of weird um, chocolate malt drink from the 1970s. <laughs> you put the DVD in, and pressing play does nothing. But putting a blanket over your knees, <laughs> the movie starts actually, playing. Actually, you, you can't get DVD. It comes with beta. Yeah. No, <laughs> and it will only play with... A, you can only fast-forward and rewind it with a remote control that actually plugs in. Yes, exactly. You've got to be a metre away yeah. from... And from. You have to get your nephew to come over and turn the TV on and press play. Yes. Like, there's and no credits. It just says Scrabble. It also, <laughs> it also doesn't work if your clock is set properly on the VCR. <laughs> 
Like it has to be flashing zero. No, there's no clock in the VCR. It's just got the um, the counter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's counter. And it's a top, top loader. loader. Yeah. God, we, oh, we, my we, Lord. we've nailed it. That is. <laughs> it, it, it's the kind of VCR you have to take a window out to bring into the room. <laughs> is there not another... You had to rent it yeah. first. <laughs> Is it a remake or is there another movie with the same name from the 90s? <laughs> no, yeah. no it's, it's written by Tom Hanks and the... the, the, the What's it called? Larry, Larry Crown. Crown. Oh, I'm thinking of Thomas Crown Affair. Oh. Is that like a <laughs> spin-off? <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Pierce, Pierce Brosnan was a very wealthy it's jewel like, thief. It's the Hobbs and Shaw yeah. of the exactly. <laughs> Larry Crown that, That's a sequel I'd love to see. Larry and Thomas. Hobbs and Shaw and Crown. Yeah. Coming in 2021. 2012 was the year that my first son was born, so I was uh, kind of incommunicado with the world. <laughs> um, this was the year that I couldn't find a favourite film, and it's probably because, yeah, as you would know, like you don't sort of you tend to just fall off the face of the earth for a few months. But a lot of other stuff happened in that year. Going to start uh, depressing and then move my way up. Um, we had the Aurora shooting uh, with well, Dark, Dark Knight Rises. Oh, yeah, Dark Knight Rises was um, going on uh, in a movie theater in Chicago. And we also had Sandy Hook at the end of the year. But that's okay because after that, they like, you know, the gun laws were. No, no, it didn't actually. No, it didn't change anything. It should have. Um, Whitney Houston died that year. Uh, Ernest Borgnine died that year. Michael Clark Duncan died that year. It was a bad <laughs> year for a celebrity It was desk. not a good year. Um, Fifty Shades of Grey was released and. Um, Won the Razzie. Man. Well, no, the, the book. So, like, the. Oh, um, right, okay. So, uh, women from the 30s, 30s to 50s has landed two children. That was like, it was like the birth of mummy porn is what I thought. And I was like, that's not a good term. That's it, not a good it, term it at all. It introduced women to hardware stores. Yes. I still don't, I've got no idea what that thing's about. I've never sort of bought it. Yeah. And it upped the sales of uh, plastic covers for furniture. Ah. Wasn't, <laughs> wasn't it, wasn't it um, Twilight fan fiction? Is that yes, the, that's yeah, how yeah. it started. Everyone was. Is that true? Yeah, Twilight, yeah. Twilight without the vampires. Um, <laughs> everyone was pissed at the Oscars that year because the artist took out. Remember that the silent black the silent and white film. film with the dog. With the dog, yeah. So like, um, so the the main actor got the the Oscar, and also the film got the Oscar for the. Um, the top song was, and I'm so glad you didn't play it. Was Gangnam Style because oh. it just um, triggers me. Like, and that's the year that Psy took over as Kenny G as the tourism ambassador of Korea. What? Oh. Yeah, look into it. I found that fact. I was like, why am I going to remember that and not remember my kids' middle names? Big, middle, and little. Um, so, yeah, I found it really hard um, to find a favourite movie this year. Like, I found it hard to narrow down because two of the movies that came out in 2012, still to this day in high rotation in my family, I'll take Argo. I'll take like, like mine. Mine will be Argo for that year. I constantly watch Dread from that year with Carl Urban. Yeah. Absolutely love Still that. Halfway film. through, I can't get through it. Get into <laughs> it. And Wreck It Ralph, my favorite animated film of all time. I'm bad, and that's good. I will never be good, and that's not bad. There's no one I'd rather be than me. Never seen it. Get into it for some it, reason. Like, yeah, I just don't watch the second one. Really? Yeah. Day. It's not the first one though. True, it was true. also uh, it was also a Bond year. So about Skyfall that year. Was that our first Daniel Craig? Is that the no, Daniel Craig second? No, third it was the third. Third, because yeah. that was Quantum Solace. And, was it um, the first one? He's in the Blue Jocks. Yeah. Sort of. He what? Huh? Was the first one the Blue Jocks one? Yeah, first one's Blue Jocks. Second <laughs> Blue one Jocks. Was, yeah. 
Right. Um, Django yeah, Unchained. Django Unchained came out that year as well. That got um, my honourable mention, but uh, it still sits uneasy with me because. But it's yeah, like weird. looking through this, this like you know, an honourable mention for me, and because I unashamedly think that both these movies are funny. Um, the Twenty One Jump Street. Was yes, released. great man. Film. I. Yeah, I love those both those movies. I think they're insanely well written and acted. So, yep. I'll turn that gay ass music off. You punch me because I'm gay? What? No. I... Oh, come on. That's not cool, man. That is really insensitive. I didn't punch him because he's gay. I punched him, and then he's happened to turn out to be gay afterward. I am one more black gay kid getting punched in the face away from a nervous breakdown. What was your uh, choice for 2012, Casey? <laughs> it's really weird sharing the microphone. <laughs> um, I picked a comedy that probably, I don't know if anyone else really likes it, but it's called Wanderlust. Oh, yeah. And it's um, Paul Rudd and Jennifer Aniston, and they end up in this weird little like hippie commune place. And it, I just love that. I've seen it like a thousand times. I spent it me so up. long looking for that film because all I had seen was the Paul Rudd in the mirror to himself. Oh, how good is that bit? This was your idea, George. It's a good idea, right? It's a good idea. Monogamy and sexual slavery. She got an exquisite pussy. Well, how about my exquisite erection, huh? Eva, what do you think? You like my exquisite, exquisite erection? Hmm? Do you like my erection selection? What do you think, Eva? Yeah? You gonna take it? You gonna take that dick? You gonna take that dick, huh? I'm gonna pop off a piece of my dick. Oh, yeah, I'm fixin' to fuck you. I'm gonna fuck you. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get it all up in your vage. Get it up in your vage with my dick. With my dick. Gonna put it in with my dick. I'm gonna put my dick in. I'm gonna put my dick in. I was like, what is this from? And yeah. I could not find it. And I actually watched like two Paul Rudd movies. To try to find that scene. And then found that it was that when yeah. Anita watched it. No, it's a really funny film. I do like that one a lot. Jamie, what was your 2012? Mine's called Seeking Your Friend from the End of the, the World with uh, Steve Carell and uh, Kira Knightley. The final mission to save mankind has failed. The 70-mile-wide asteroid known as Matilda is set to collide with Earth in exactly three weeks' time and we'll be bringing you our countdown to the end of days along with all your classic rock favourites. Basically, Steve Carell plays the guy going through life every day and a meteor is going to destroy the Earth in like six weeks and it's what he does with life because his wife leaves him. Yeah. And he befriends a, a young girl called Kira Knightley. And it's just where they, they, they go across America just trying like to get... He went from... The, went, after the office, he went yeah. through this, like, few years of, like, that Dan real life. Yeah. He's like, an indie darling. For yeah, a yeah. Little Miss Sunshine and all that stuff. Yeah. It's like, you know, risking his head in a plate of pancakes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. It's, it's, and then, like, he's had a bit of a... Because the big short comes up in a couple of years' time. That, yeah. That's, uh, and um, what's the wrestling one where he plays the... the, the Killer. You said the W word. I don't know. Uh, no, no, Fox no. Foxcatcher. Yeah, Foxcatcher. Then, yeah, because after that, he got to that crazy, crazy stupid love. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, he started doing that, that sort of stuff. Um, I do want to mention also, um, not That's My Boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, Future episode of the podcast. Mm-hmm. If we are doing Crystal Scale, we are doing That's My Boy the following week. Yeah, <laughs> nah, do it. I don't care. Um, this is 40 is actually one of my... Oh, um, oh yeah. 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 Uh, it's I really like Paul Rudd's character in that because um, it's, it's it's basically their characters from Knocked Up and they they've um, grown up and they 
Someone like the, he's he's obsessed with nineties music as like as as I'm I and just trying to get his kids to listen to it. And he's like listen to Debaser by the Pixies in the car. <laughs> it's amazing. So the yeah, that'll be my room. scene where he has the fallout with him and his wife have uh, Leslie Mann have the fallout with Melissa McCarthy. Hey, he's thirteen years old for God's sakes. What the hell is the matter with her? Hey, you better check her meds and get them right. Okay, you know what? Why don't you, why don't you? back the fuck off because that's my lovely sweet wife you're talking about oh i need to yeah, back you off. need to back off because your kid is an animal he's a fucking animal why don't turn you around. put him on a leash turn around turn around turn around he insults my daughter again i'm gonna hit him with my fucking car got it in fact if you insult my wife again you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna show up your house when you're sleeping and i'll take your ipad or your ipod or your iMac and i'll shove them up your fucking eye cunt I got nothing to lose. Your kid is the problem. My kid is a fucking angel. I don't have time for this shit. So I'm keeping it together. But if I wasn't a score right now, I'm gonna... Touch my... Touch me? I didn't touch you. I touched my upper breast. I didn't. I didn't. I got right below your shoulder. You got right, right here. You actually... He hit my nipple. You what? You're insane. Why would you do that? Did you just touch my mom's nipple? He just touched my nipple. Why would I, you do that to I me? I poked you on the shoulder. I have very high nipples. I touched your shirt. What do you think is under my shirt? I just touched... My breasts are under my shirt. Your you just shoulder. Touched my breasts. Your shoulder. Well, that's a funny place to put a shoulder in my boob. Hello? There are children around. This isn't over. This is not over. You're going to be sorry. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It is so true to how pressure's run high at schools when it's between parents. Because oh, so wasn't it Judd Apatow and, and um, I can't think of the lead lady, the detective, their children? Yeah. The two kids are brilliant. Yeah. yeah it's Remember really... that year they, um, they brought out Alex Cross, but they thought, nah, let's not get, let's not get um, Morgan Freeman to do it anymore. <laughs> let's oh, do Tyler it. Perry. Let's do Tyler Perry and let's get someone else and everyone's like, <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> Medea Hunt's a serial killer. It is Dave's Video Graveyard as we come to the end of the first part of this look back at the last 10 years of film. Make sure you join us next week because we'll be picking it up right where we left off. (laughs) 